you're in luck because Emma Clues is here in studio from Great Rivers Greenway. Great Rivers Greenway and KTRS have uh, partnered up for uh, a way to um, get the word out about a wonderful organization in terms of full disclosure. I was on the Great Rivers Greenway board. I had to step off when I moved from St. Charles into uh, St. Louis County. Nonetheless, I learned quite a bit, and we thought, what a great way to um, let everybody else know about all the wonderful things Great Rivers Greenway is doing. So Emma Clues is here for the full hour. Emma, welcome to Big 550 KTRS. Hi, good to be here. So um, normally we do these segments there a couple minutes. You sort of give us the latest on on, on what's going on. We figured today, um, because you're here, we have time. Um, we can sort of get into um, some some of the history of Great Rivers Greenway, uh, some of the projects that are going on now, and some of the things that are going to be going on in, in the future, some of the pie in the sky. Because, as Kelly and I were joking, uh, building a trail um, takes years. People don't realize how hard it is to build one mile of a trail. Yeah, there's just a lot to it. it. It's not that it's necessarily rocket science, but it is really complex. People don't necessarily always know about all the different factors that go into it. We have to figure out the right alignment, work with the community to hear what they need and want, coordinate with all the different local partners. You know, there's just 120 different municipalities in the St. Louis region. <laughs> so we do have to make sure that we're coordinating with lots of different municipalities and then also, you know, state agencies like Missouri Department of Conservation or the local Metropolitan Sewer District. You know, you just, the list goes on and on. So right. there's just a lot of And just acquiring the right of way to actually build the trail on the actual land, that could take years in the in the making. It could, yes. We are not necessarily in the game of buying all of the land ourselves. We just want to make sure the greenway can happen for people to be able to use. So yeah. sometimes that looks like using excess right of way. Sometimes it might be getting an easement donated or purchased. Sometimes it might be buying land outright just working with all the different partners to see what works. Yeah. Uh, the Great Rivers Greenway, people think it's only been around a couple of years. It's 20 years, is it not? That's correct. Last year was our 20th anniversary of the vote that created us. Of course, it took a couple of years as the you know sales tax came in and then the organization got started. But the vote right. of the people was in 2000. And then a lot of people know that the uh, arch grounds have been transformed. And Great Rivers Greenway was the organization that the community used for that. So you guys were doing double duty for a while. We did, yes. <laughs> we were one of six different partners on the City Arch River project, and we were the stewards of the local tax investment. Is the arch now done? Are you guys done with that, or is you still doing some things with that? The major construction is finished, but there are still, of course, operations and maintenance and programming that we coordinate with all of those partners around. Um, but the the there is one last piece, actually, that is happening right now. There's a new building um, in Keener Plaza that's going up right now to be able to house all of the maintenance materials, you know, tools, taking care of the plants, but also a little visitor center with our partners at Explore St. Louis and Jefferson National Parks Association. Yeah. Okay, good. All right, let's talk about Cliff Clave. Uh, uh, Cliff Cave, which uh, talk about environmental assessments. What's going on there as an example of some of the things you guys have to deal with? Yeah, this was a project with St. Louis County Park. So in their um, Cliff Cave Park in South County a couple of years ago, just as an example of uh, an interesting challenge that we ran into, there is a lot of endangered bats that are living in Cliff Cave Park. And so in, you know, some parts of the year they're living in the cave and some parts of the year they're roosting in trees in the park. So as we were looking at the route for the Greenway Path, we realized that there would be a couple of older dead trees that we would need to remove 
But, of course, we can't do that when there's an endangered bat roosting in there. So we had to time the construction around when they would be going back into the caves. Then we could take those trees down. That way, by the time they come out, they can find a new tree. No big deal. You you had a you had a window of opportunity exactly to take down the trees. And if you didn't take the trees down at that certain moment, you had to wait another year for that time. Precisely right. Yeah. Um, which is really people don't realize, hey, why is it taking so long to build a bike path? Well, you got to wait for the bats. <laughs> We're not here to blame the bats, McGraw. <laughs> no, 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 no. I know, but I mean, right? I mean, those are yes. just. And I, I go back to the meeting we had where the gentleman came in and was talking about the salamanders mm-hmm. um, and um, how the salamanders have a hard time crossing uh, trails. And believe it or not, there was a story in the New York Times not too long ago. Um, about this uh, transportation bill that's working its way through Congress, that both sides realize that deer and bear and all these animals needs need safe ways to cross interstates and roads because we are cutting through their habitat. Exactly right. Yep, it's, this is their house. Right? We're coming through. We're we're thrilled to be able to provide that access to people, but we want to make sure we're doing it in a thoughtful way. Yeah. Uh, so relatively recently, last what month or so, two months or so. Uh, you guys just cut a ribbon on the the bike the trail off of a uh, highway fifty five that Revis barracks. Uh, talk about that. How's that going? Yeah, it actually was last year, so it's good. Was that it's, last year? Yeah, it's kind of hard to believe. COVID is a is a you know time warp, but um, we are so excited. People are using it all the time. It, this is the connection between Graveway Greenway, also known as Grant's Trail, and River to Pear Greenway, and so that bridge was the last missing link. Now there's about 22 different miles in a row, continuous that people can use to walk or bike. So you can walk or bike from Brevis Barracks in on Highway 55 mm-hmm. to Grant's Park. Yeah, to Grant's Farm. Yep. Grant's yep. Farm. All in, all on one continuous path. Yep. And then it goes into the city and all the way up to the Shrewsbury Metrolink Station and then up to Francis Lake Park as well. So it's a both city and county is connected by this this pathway that got finished. Last and year. how has it been received over the last 12 months? Oh, it's great. I was I was actually out there one of the first days. Um, we had a little tent with some giveaways. You know, we didn't, couldn't do a major ribbon cutting right, in right, right. June of 2020. But we were just out there giving away, um, you know, some goodies and, and celebrating with folks. And people are so excited for that link. You know, those those bridges, again, take a little bit of time and money and effort to coordinate. But being able to cross over or under, in this case, there's both. We, we had a bridge over Bayless Avenue. Bayless Avenue is would be a pretty intimidating road to cross, like pushing a stroller, for sure. instance. Um, and then a tunnel under Weber Road, um, the on-ramp. Again, don't want to be messing with on-ramps or off-ramps. Right, right, right. And then a bridge over River to Pear. So those kinds of barriers, even though this was a short connection, it was just over two miles. Um, but that takes millions of dollars and a couple of years to to really get going because of those big barriers. Yeah, the, the planning for this didn't happen two years ago. Oh, 10 this, years. This was, this yeah. was a 10-year plan. Yes. Uh, that's what I think people don't realize is that it takes 10 years to get everything ready to go and then when you put the shovel in the ground you don't see the work that was done beforehand sure i mean if hopefully if we're doing our job right the community is aware of these things because we're talking to them the whole time but sometimes those projects ebb and flow right sometimes they can go for just a couple of years and then go into construction sometimes in this case it took 10 years to find that right alignment and and figure out the path forward you also m clues from great rivers greenway you're looking for for partnerships you guys partner with anybody anywhere any place right not yet been able to figure out someone we couldn't work with right yeah in terms of Developers building new construction homes, right? I mean, you work with them, right? They're putting in a new construction to, I mean, it's clearly easier to build sometimes in St. Charles when there's more land available than sort of down Highway 55. But the idea is you'll work with any town, anybody, anywhere, any place. 
Yep, we want to connect the whole region together. And sometimes even when it's not one of our Greenway projects, I mean, we might just coordinate or give advice to some of those developers about some of their, you know, stormwater or conservation projects or just how to make sure that it's walkable, bikeable. Uh, if you have questions uh, about Great Rivers Greenway, the Arch, this is your time to uh, chime in. 314-641. No, no. 314-931-5877. 314-931-5877. I don't want to give out my own cell phone number. 314-931-5877. Of course, you can text your comments to uh, 84126. Uh, 84126. That's the John Beal uh, text line. Um, so let's talk about uh, there's some more other things here. Um, where are we, and we've talked about this before, and I know this is sort of the, the big one, and that is the, um, is it the, the brick line, which is the big one. That's the pie in the sky. That's the 10 year project, right? Where are we with that? And sort of tell people about what's going on there. Yeah, this is a huge project in the city of St. Louis that the big goal is to connect Forest Park to the Gateway Arch National Park and Fairground Park to Tower Grove Park, and then hundreds of destinations up to 17 different neighborhoods with up to 20 miles of pathways in between. So it's kind of a mini network within the network of greenways. Right. And this is going to, this is, you're still in the planning stages, more or less. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. We are, we are currently working on three different segments. So of course it won't all be built at once. 20 miles is a lot to take on at one time. Right. So we're trying to move different segments forward at the right pace, working with those communities and hearing from neighbors. And the idea is it's not just a trail. It's not just to go out and take a walk at lunch. It's not just to take a stroller. It's, it's not just to take some, some roller blades whatever you're talking transformation this project will trans- transform some neighborhoods it's a pretty big it's a pretty big ask a pretty big lift how how, how does that work exactly Yes, there is there's more to it than just the path itself. So we're working with a lot of different partners. We have working groups that um, nonprofit organizations, businesses, civic institutions, higher education, you know, a greenway like this in an urban environment might go through different, um, you know, Grand Center Arts District, a college campus, you know, all kinds of different areas. And it can do more than just provide that transportation or exercise opportunity for folks. So we're also working with artists. You know, how can we incorporate public art into something like this to make sure that we're telling the the history of our region and we're celebrating the cultures that are here now and making people feel invited and welcome and safe in a public space like this? We're also working with a lot of organizations and agencies to figure out how this can be a catalyst for equitable economic development. How can this really spur opportunities for people, whether that be, you know, a mom and pop shop or someone doing, you know, a pop-up market along the way or a, a larger development and tying into that as well. Every every kind of um, possible opportunity for St. Louisans. You have in the city um, the millions of dollars being spent on the um, MLS stadium. And we have billions of dollars being spent on the mapping agency. And so is the idea that you want to take those two gigantic once in a lifetime opportunities and sort of build on that with this bike path and these trails? Absolutely. Those are two of the partners that I was thinking of when I was just speaking. The, coordinating with those constructions and, and um, you know, really putting those designs together so that we're doing that construction at the same time. Those are the types of things that we're working on right now. Right. Um, and, and being able to link all of those things together so that people can get wherever they need to go around the St. Louis region. You know, those are two great examples. The city foundry, the armory district, you know, all of those projects that are already happening or coordinating with our designers with their designers so that it's seamless. Also, somebody who comes in and does a study of St. Louis, they look to our parks and we have more parks and better parks and large parks. And so to be able to connect those parks 
to these institutions, whether it's the Arch Grounds or Bush Stadium or the MLS Stadium or the mapping agency, um, 10, 15, 20 years from now, you see people living in these parks or living in town, taking the bike and walking to work and living. I mean, that's that's the goal. Yeah, the goal really is for people to be able to get around however they want to get around to experience St. Louis in ways that right now, a lot of times people see it as a little bit of a collection of all these amazing islands. Right? You might right. drive down to see a show at the Fox and then and then go, you know, drive downtown for a game or a specific thing. And so connecting those all together by creating this sort of one of the designers called it urban fabric, kind of creating this this in-between spaces where people can really make a day of it, where you don't have to necessarily just go for one destination, but you have an easy, safe, comfortable, exciting way to wander down to the next thing, to grab a meal, to explore something else. What town, what city are you looking at as an example of this being successful? Dozens of them. <laughs> there are several. We're part of the Highline Network, which is a, actually a nationwide and, and worldwide international um, collection of folks that are working in specifically in infrastructure reuse. And so, for example, um, we are learning a lot from the 11th Street Bridge Park Project in Washington, D.C. They've done a lot of amazing work with how to coordinate with the neighborhoods and create those opportunities. We've been working with the Atlanta Beltline, the Indianapolis Cultural Trail, um, there are literally dozens of, of different folks um, that we have been learning from and sharing resources so that everyone can have the best product possible. So some of these places have taken these sort of um, uh, uh, downtrodden uh, places that have sort of been abandoned or not as uh, uh, not being living up to their full potential and have transformed the, the, these areas in these other towns. Absolutely. And I think it's a mix of building on existing assets. Like you said, St. Louis has some amazing parks, amazing neighborhoods, incredible assets to work with. And also there are some spots that could could use some love and, and some investment that that haven't traditionally been invested in. Yeah. And so, yes, those these other peers that we're working from have very similar um, cities. Last time you were on the show, you had the woman from the High Line in uh, New York. Yes. Um, and b- after that, I was watching something on television and they did like uh, a 10 minute ex uh, 10 minute. Uh, story on the High Line, I, and it was really interesting how that train track was originally built because the the trucks that were going to get the meat from the meatpacking plants were uh, hitting passengers and cars and horses, and so they decided to build this this train. Let's this, get them up off this, this, this <laughs> yeah. elevator. And by the time they finished it, it was almost obsolete because the meatpackers were then moving out to the suburbs. Mm. And how they were able to, at some point, take this elevated train trestle and turn it into a walking park, if you will. But what has transpired is, uh, I don't think anybody had any plans for that. I mean, what has it, it's unbelievable what that has done for that for that neighborhood. And that's part of the challenge as we've talked to them. It's a it's a good thing and it's also kind of a challenge. So there's been this incredible investment nearby. It's also nearly impossible to afford to live near it now. And so they've been trying to balance that. And, and that's part of what we're learning from is how can we make sure that this is creating opportunities, but doing so in a way that also benefits the folks who live here now. All right. We got some uh, text messages coming in from the John Beal text line. We'll get to those here. Text your comments to 84126. That's the John Beal text line. Also, if you have a question for Emma, 314-931-5877. 314-931-5877. A chance for uh, Emma and Great Rivers Greenway to sort of answer questions to the public. We love doing this type of stuff. So take advantage of it. All right, Emma, we got uh, some questions here for you. Great. Is Gateway Greening hiring workers? 
Ooh, good question. We often get confused with Gateway Greening. So Gateway Greening is a nonprofit organization that does community gardens. They're amazing. I do not know their hiring status. Thank you very much. Uh, is Great Rivers Greenway connected uh, to the Katy Trail? We connect several greenways. I think there are four that connect to the Katy Trail State Park that goes along the Missouri River. So the Boshart Greenway, Centennial, uh, Bush Greenway, and then the Missouri Greenway by 370. Okay. Um, and that, that Katy Trail, that's a state park. State park. That's yep. a state park. Exactly right. And that goes from Missouri to Kansas City. Yeah, it's all across the whole state. Yeah. That's a pretty unbelievable, too. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, no. And I don't think many states have something like that. No, it's a unique. It's, this was a um, a rails to trails project, and it's a very unique. Uh, yeah, but 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 part of the overall goal, isn't it, to sort of connect as many uh, trails as possible to to Katy Trail? I mean, that's the whole concept is to connect as much as you can to everything else. Exactly. Yep. Overall connectivity. So whether it be the Katy Trail or perhaps the trails in Forest Park or in Creefcore Park, you know, we we want to make sure people can connect whether they're our greenways or connecting to someone else's trails. Uh, uh, from the 314, the John Beal text line, what is the path made of? Typically, these are paved paths, either concrete or asphalt, and so that we want them to be fully ADA accessible so people of all abilities can get around. Uh, we mentioned this earlier. Is the River De Pere gateway, uh, greenway extension to the casino uh, Mississippi River finished yet? It is not. That is just one little missing link. It's very tiny, but we are still working through with St. Louis County and the railroad there to figure it out. Uh, what was with the path um, oh, under power lines? I don't understand that one. What, what plans with the path through Green Trails subdivision under power lines? You know what that is? I don't know that specific subdivision, but I do know we often have to work. You know, actually, the the bridge we were talking about earlier for Gravoy Greenway was a perfect example. We had to get over the road, but under the high transmission power lines, we were sort of threading the needle there. So that is one of the things we coordinate with, but I apologize. I don't know that exact uh, subdivision. Will they be painting the bridge that goes across Bayless? No, I believe it is finished as is. Okay. Uh, there. Okay, we, we got traffic. Um, there is that um, you ha- that you have a couple of painted bridges, if you will, over yes. 70, that, that trellis, trellis uh, over uh, 94 in St. Charles. Yep. And then across uh, River de Perry, you have that one. Um, across 44, yes. 44. Yes, on Gravoy Green. Isn't there another, there's another one there right by, uh, in, uh, right by Shrewsbury. Oh, yes. And, yeah, you're right. There are yeah. even more. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's a great that's a great uh, billboard for uh, Great Rivers Greenway. Okay, hold that thought, uh, Emma. Let's check uh, traffic and weather here. Uh, Ed Smarin, nine thirty one here, Big Five Fifty KTRS. Max, hold on, we'll get to you in a second. Ed, take it away. Seventy eastbound for Zumbel Road. They are still working on an accident that uh, involved an Overton cement mixer. The lane still blocked, jamming up traffic from three seventy. Also, Veterans Memorial westbound in that area. We've got uh, lane restrictions due to this as well. Two seventy east and westbound at Chino Rocks Bridge. Right lane closed both sides for construction until later today. This report is sponsored by ExpressPros.com. Don't wait to get a new job. Express Employment Professionals is hiring for more than 35,000 jobs. Find your local Express office at ExpressPros.com or on the Express Jobs app. From the First Community Credit Union Traffic Center, I'm Ed Smarin on the Big 550 KTRS. Uh, weather, it's going to be nice today. 86, we'll take it. 931 here, Big 550 KTRS. In this uh, cheerleader case, the Supreme Court ruled 8 to 1. Informer of the former high school student who was disciplined for uh, by her public school after sending vulgar messages on Snapchat, complaining that she didn't make the cheerleading squad. They voted eight to one in her favor, saying that she was unduly punished by the state, aka the school. The one dissent 
Justice Clarence Thomas dissented in the eight to one uh, decision. We're going to come back with, uh, well, actually, well, let's just uh, stay right here. Max, you're on line one. Max, good morning. Welcome to the Big 550 KTRS. What's your question? Yes, uh, good morning. Real quick, yay, free speech. Okay, my question, you kind of alluded to already, the trestle over Highway 70 and another uh, uh, project, uh, the, the, the big project is done, the Riverfront Trail from downtown to the old Chain Rocks Bridge. At the trailhead, there's a over 100-year-old building called the Laclede Power and Light Building, and that, that was always supposed to be... Um, the, something was called the Trail Building. We're going to have restaurants in there and a bike shop and all sorts of things. I was wondering whatever happened to that project because it's never gone anywhere. Thank you, Max. That's on the uh, Missouri side, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. You were talking about downtown St. Louis on the edge of... Um, of well, the Chain of Rocks Bridge, yeah, yeah, on yep. the Missouri yep. side, yeah. Yeah, no, those are great yep. questions. Yes, the, so I'll, first I'll talk about the trestle. So that is that green painted bridge that you might have seen on over that goes over I-70 just north of downtown. So that is a one-and-a-half-mile abandoned uh, railroad trestle that we did purchase so it would be in the public right-of-way that we could eventually turn into a greenway. And it is not uh, a greenway yet, <laughs> so do not go there. <laughs> but we did want to take advantage of when they were doing the I-70 construction and all the lanes were closed anyway, we wanted to go ahead and do some repairs and paint it so that it would keep you know, from you know rust and, and chunks falling off into traffic. So we did that work a while back, but the project has not moved forward yet. It is on our list, and it's something that will be probably a, a pretty major public-private partnership. It would probably be about $60 million to renovate that to make it safe to be able to go up there again. So it is on the list, and we're hoping that that'll come up here in the future. And then the other question about the Laclede Power Building that building also needs an immense amount of work. Um, so that is an opportunity, and um, it is something that we own. It is not something we have, um, you know, done anything with yet, just yet. But I appreciate that call, and we'll look into it. And that building is up by the Chain Rocks Bridge. No, it's down It's down closer to the um, it's the same Arch on the Bridge. River. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, we should also mention my favorite thing of all that I learned uh, in my short time at, at Great Rivers Greenway is that um, – is that Mary Meacham uh, trailhead right there, which uh, I know there's a sort of renewed interest in the Underground Railroad. Talk about that for a moment, because I think that of of all the, the things you've done, shedding a light on that is is just fantastic. Yes. Three miles north of the arch, right there on the Mississippi Greenway, on the riverfront, is the first nationally recognized Underground Railroad site in the state of Missouri. It's called the Mary Meacham Freedom Crossing. So this was where Mary Meacham tri- um, helped... Uh, enslaved folks tried to escape across the river into Illinois, and the sort of most famous story involved Esther and um, some of the enslaved folks that were actually belonged to Henry Shaw um, from the Botanical Garden and Targrove Park. So there, every year, this was the 19th annual, there is a commemoration to celebrate a different lesser-known aspect of black history in St. Louis. So this year's is a virtual program. Right. We're hoping to be back on the riverfront next year, but you can check that out at marymeacham.org. And that's M-A-R-Y-M-E-A-C-H-U-M dot O-R-G. That's the trail where you can go from the arch grounds all the way up to the Chain of Rocks Bridge. Exactly. And um, it's um, marked. You, you go past this, this trailhead. But the history you see from the arch through the Eads Bridge, up past the Stan Musial Bridge, through this, all the way up to the Chain of Rocks Bridge and then back, 
I mean, it's talk about talk about a time warp, right? I mean, you <laughs> go and have you can have conversations with just about anybody in history. Yep, and and the current day too. This is an industrial working riverfront. You can see barges unloading grain into silos. I mean, you're you're passing recycling plants. There's all kinds of industry. Again, a, a big part of why we're here in St. Louis. Uh, that's have a close. More questions from the text line. Text your comments to eight four one two six, and of course, we'll take uh, more phone calls three one four nine three one five eight seven seven. Emma Clues is joining us from Great River's Greenway. They build uh, trails and bike paths all around the region, in the city, in the county, and in St. Charles, due to a bill that was passed that uh, funds their uh, construction by a uh, sales tax. And uh, they do a great job of um, spreading the money around and building bike paths. And so we're here. She's here answering questions from the public. Here's a question. A couple of these, uh, Emma. And this is... um, I realize the trail is for both walkers and bikers, but that being said, what can be done about the pack of bikers flying on the trail with no regard for the walkers or the runners? Great question. We do have a Share the Greenway etiquette campaign going on right now because there are lots of new people using the greenways that may or may not have ever been there before. COVID was a chance for people to really get out there. We saw a 72% increase in traffic, which is great, but also please do pay attention. So a couple of things to keep in mind is that if you are going down the greenway, stay to the right and you're going to want to pass on the left and announce yourself whether that be ringing a bell or say, hey, I'm coming up on your left or, you know, make eye contact, communicate that plan. If you are in a big group, please do go one by one so that you're carefully passing folks. Um, You know, watch your speed. These are these are not for racing or or probably getting your best time because we want everyone to be able to enjoy them. Uh, We should say that uh, and I'm guilty of this. I'll call it a bike path, but it is a trail. So it is for everybody, whether you're on a stroller or a walker, a bike, uh, whatever, right? Exactly. Yep. Any any way you want to use it, you know, these are not for cars, but basically everybody else. Uh, Motorized vehicles, motorized sneakers, motorized. I mean, (laughs) because now you see the motorized uh, uh, roller skates. Yes. So if you are using like a a bike that has um, an e-assist on it, that's totally fine. If you are in a motorized wheelchair, that's fine. If you've got a scooter or something like that. Um, those are all, you know, municipality by municipality, but I'm not aware of anywhere where those are not allowed on the greenway. Um, but if it's a car, a motorcycle, a more traditional vehicle, please stick to the roads. What about a moped? Um, that would still be a traditional vehicle. So that would be no. Yeah, it's exactly. No so a, a, one of those little scooters that you can rent around town, those are okay. But the, the moped where you can go, you know, faster. Gotcha. Yeah. So the, uh, the Lime scooters are okay. Exactly. The mopeds are out. That's actually a pretty big deal um, because the, the motorized bikes are very big and, and, and very popular. Yeah, a lot of folks like that e-assist, especially with hills or if you're, you know, going on a longer ride. And, and it lets people get further than they would otherwise. Uh, which leads me to the question of is it Ruth Park or the, the Ruth Trailways? Um, I know you guys go above and beyond when you go to listening to the community. And you guys have changed roots and philosophies and trails because of the input of the community and that Ruth Trail is a perfect example. Tell us through that. Yes, Ruth Porter Mall Park is a park in the city at um, DeBolivar and Delmar and one of the these are, this is a project that was before my time but the basic folks that we talked to in the community, the neighbors told us that that park had a lot of rolling hills. That was kind of the design of the park in, in the 70s and 80s and it created some hard-to-see places where you, you weren't sure if somebody was maybe, you know, hanging out there. And it was it just felt a little bit unsafe to folks. So as we put the greenway in, we just graded the park differently. And it made a huge world of difference and really let people use that park again in ways that they had been hesitant to. Yeah, and also that brick line 
uh, you put that out to the public for, for the public naming rights, and they came up with the Brickline, which is a tremendous name. It is a great name considering the history of bricks here in St. Louis and everything else. Um, but, again, that was a public uh, a public out, outreach to, to find the name. Yep, big process. We got over a 1,000 different name ideas, and Brickline, like you said, there's there's so much brick in St. Louis. It's one of the unifying things that you'll see in all of those different 17 neighborhoods that the Brickline goes through. It's also got this really nice mix of, you know, it's strong, it comes from the earth, it's got some grit to it, but it's also beautiful. Yeah. And we think that's part of what the Greenway can do. Uh, this one, uh, what about the man, this is not me, I promise you, what about the man changing diapers and throwing it on the writing paths? I guess the bigger question is, uh, keep, keeping the paths clean, and how do you go about doing that? That's a great question. I do not know this person, but uh, yes, please do not litter on the greenways. If you, there is not a trash can nearby, please bring it with you until you find one. And then we also have lots of um, our own crew as well as our partners, and we do have some volunteer. We have two major trash bashes every year where people go out and, and pick up any litter or debris that has swept into our greenways and waterways. In terms of volunteers for Great Rivers Greenway, what do you say? What do you do? Let's do it. <laughs> we love volunteers and we really appreciate them we had over fourteen thousand volunteer hours on the greenways in 2019 alone that's like the equivalent of five full-time staff members so absolutely critical volunteers are doing things like picking up trash removing invasive plants that are growing planting native species and also helping us with our programs and events um you know working at when we have our booth at st louis earth day or the international the festival of nations um, you know, we we always want f- other folks to help us be there to hand out maps, answer questions, and engage with the community. Uh, in terms of cleaning it up, each town responsible for their trail in their town, how does that work? We have operating partners all over the region. We sign an operations and maintenance agreement with either that municipality or perhaps as a partner, again, sometimes maybe a, a college campus, an institution of some kind. And then we work with them. You know, not every partner is has the same capacity or staff in the region. So our crew is also supplementing with their own resources, with sometimes contractors, volunteer work days, and also things like trainings, um, you know, to make sure everybody knows how to take care of native plants and what yeah. we're expecting. Uh, in terms of jobs at uh, Great Rivers Greenway, are you guys looking or what are you looking for? Or? Yes. Earlier we mentioned Gateway Greening, but I wanted to make sure we, we said that um, we don't have any positions open right now, but we often do. So check greatriversgreenway.org slash jobs. There's actually a way to subscribe to updates so that anytime we post something, you'll get an email notification. I am enamored with, and I'm saying this now that I'm not on the board anymore, I am enamored with and in awe of the urban planners who work for you guys. They're, that's a skill, and they're they're fantastic. It's such a breadth of knowledge that, that, you know, goes into this. As we've talked about, there's sometimes there's utility relocations. You know, we recently had an example on St. Vincent Greenway where our team had to literally do the detective work to figure out which of those wires is still an active utility company. And I mean, literally calling Charter, Ameren, you know, AT&T. Right. Um, nope, this isn't ours. Nope, that isn't ours. We finally figured out it was a defunct company that doesn't even exist anymore. I mean, the things that they have to figure out as part of their jobs blow my mind as well. Yeah, no, it's and and I mean, you have to go to school for that. I mean, right? That's not just a you just can't just sign up and, and learn how to do it, right? I mean, that's a that's a real skill in urban planning. There's years of training and practice, and and you have to use all your senses and all your powers and a, a little gumption along the way, right? I mean, I am I am I am enamored with the group of employees over there. Yeah, urban planners. We also have some folks that have more of that conservation um, biology background. Some are more from the engineering. I mean, it just takes all different kinds. That's a big part of why we have such a strong team. Yeah. Uh, St. Vincent Greenway. Talk about that for a moment. 
Yes. So I was mentioning that utility relocation earlier, and this is a there's a, some exciting construction happening soon. So um, right now, the St. Vincent Greenway goes to Trojan Park in Wellston, right at the corner of Skinker and Etzel, and we'll be extending that further through Wellston, um, and then eventually all the way through Pagedale to connect up to the um, St. Charles Rock Road Metrolink Station and St. Vincent County Park, and then the existing Greenway from there goes all the way up through Umsel's campus and will um, end up eventually in Ferguson. Right. Uh, all now, uh, take me out of what's going on right now. What's the What's the big plan? How do you go about picking what the next projects are? Because we mentioned the the brick line, and that's a big project. But there are other things going on there as well. How do you decide what to look at, when to look at it, how to look at it? What's what's the big, big plan going forward? Yes. How much time do you have? <laughs> no. Um, no, there are just so many factors, which is a great problem to have. So we, we really take that challenge on. And part of what we're doing right now is because we've been around for 20 years, Every five years, we update our long-term strategic plan. And so we're in that in the last year and and continuing into this year. Um, In December and January, we did our first public survey about our long-term planning, and we got 6,600 responses. So thank you. That was you. We really appreciated that feedback. And now we're working on that through some of our committees. And we'll be putting that back out to the community probably later in August and September, asking exactly that. What are are the future routes that people want to see? What are the types of criteria we should be considering? We obviously have lots of criteria that we consider, but we like to gut check that with the community. You know, we we these are your tax dollars at work, and we want to make right. sure that we're we're delivering back what you wanted and what you envisioned. So some of the things that we think about are, as you mentioned earlier, sort of spreading the love around the region, making sure that we're balancing in all different areas of our 1,200 square mile district. That's the size of Yosemite National Park or the state of Rhode Island. Right. No big deal. Just connecting that all together <laughs> and um, making sure that we're we're serving people both where they live and being able to get there quickly and easily and safely, but also connecting them to some of those natural areas. So it's a, it's a balance of, you know, do we, do we want to get people straight from their house to work or school? Do we want to get them out into nature? It's both. Yeah. Um, and balancing that. And and on this one, because I think this, when I learned about this, I was just fascinated. I was fascinated in sort of how you go about deciding, because again, where do you, where do you even start, right? How do you even begin this, this process? But the the bridge you guys built over Highway 94 in St. Charles. Yes. So many people drive under that, and they see the big, green, beautiful sign on the bridge, Great Rivers Greenway. And, oh, that's a, ni- that's a nice bridge. The numbers are staggering why you built that bridge and the number of kids you connected to the school. So now they can ride their bike to school. I mean, it was some astronomical number of connections because that, that bridge was made. Yeah, it's very exciting to see. There's So there's two bridges right there. There's 364 and 94, and then right. there's kind of a little landing pad in the middle, which is cool. I remember the, one of the first times, this is anecdotal, but one of the first times that I went and visited that Greenway for myself, um, I was I was thinking, how how is this experience? You're in the middle of two highways, right? You've just crossed one bridge. Before you cross another one, you're, you're sitting in, a, in a, a plaza on a patch of grass in between two highways. There were a couple of like preteen kids writing a song together on ukulele. It was adorable. Right. Like, this is your oasis. This that was amazing. Um, and it wasn't nearly as like loud and noisy as you would think it would be. But right. yes, I think there's this mix of 
you know, connecting people to where they need to go. And exactly like you said, having be, people be able to to make those connections over two major highways that you couldn't do before, but also creating these new little places and, and places for people to explore and make memories and hang out. And we were kind of joking about the salamanders and the deer. How do they get over the highway? How do the kids get over the highway? Right. And so the kids were locked in their subdivision because there was a highway there. Mm-hmm. And so now they, they can drive to school and go to this park and everything else. Because those those uh, bridges are there. All right, one last question. We'll go to Pete. Pete, real quick, what's your question for Emma Clues from Great Rivers Greenway? Yes, I was wondering why they haven't painted the bridges they're putting up now for the Gateway Greenway over uh, River Repair. Some of the bridges that are there might be made of Corten steel. If you're seeing those bridges that are sort of uh, the like brown reddish material, those are meant to be able to rust and weather as they are. So it's just a different style. Um, there are often like a green lettering or leaves on there to still have some of that branding, but it might not be painted green. Is that the kind of thing you're referencing? Pete, are you still there? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that's basically the answer. We want it to be able to weather as it is. So that that uh, material is meant to to stay it like that. Pete, thanks for the phone call. Uh, if somebody has questions, uh, comments, they want to give you your own uh, two cents, where do they go about doing it? Please do. Our website is greatriversgreenway.org. You can always email us at info at grgstl.org or call us 314-436-7009. Uh, thanks for coming in. Good stuff. Yeah, thank you. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Emma Clues from Great Rivers Greenway.